This is Molly Sutcliffe, community builder for the Barnwood Trust, in conversation with the community coach, Carolyn Vincent. This podcast explores the background of how Carolyn became the community coach, a mentor and guide for businesses looking to become more soulful by creating a sense of community in the workplace, where everyone's assets and passions are explored and celebrated. This conversation is part of a series of podcasts looking at approaches to asset-based community development, or ABCD, across the world. Carolyn is talking to us from Brisbane, Australia. So, Carolyn, just give us a bit of a, a background on how you got involved in ABCD. In the yes, very beginning. I, I just actually dropped into it, Molly, without even realising. So I come from India, from a really very community-based neighbourhood, firstly. And on my way to school, I used to see these line of beggars and I used to be really impacted by the injustice and I used to wonder why do I have, why do I get to go to school and they sit on the road and have to beg for five paisa and ten paisa and I just didn't know what I could do or if I could do anything when I was, this was about 14, when I was about 14 years. And those questions, I got married at 22, I came to Australia, but those questions used to keep haunting me, why all this injustice in the world and what can I do and what am I doing? And I got into business here in Australia in over 22 years of the busy busyness. Whenever I had a few moments to myself, those questions would come and haunt me again. And one day, and I used to think, oh, maybe I can go to Africa and do some voluntary work there, you know, and, and maybe then I'll feel a little bit better. But then I would come back to this grinding halt because I had kids and I had a business and I had, I was so grounded in Australia with all of that. How can I just take off and on my dreams and one day I was walking into our warehouse and I had this epiphany and it might sound a little bit crazy but it was like it was raining love hearts in my warehouse (laughs) and um, like there was all sizes of love hearts coming down slowly and it was it was quite overwhelming and then in the midst of that I heard this tiny voice in my head that was so soft but it was so loud at the same time and it said you don't have to go anywhere to make a difference. You can use your business to make a difference. And I put my briefcase down and I called for this immediate one-minute meeting of our staff. We had about 17 staff at the time. And whatever I did from then on, Molly, was just spontaneous. I was not thinking. It was just coming, just happening. And I just basically said to all of them, I said, From today on, I'm not your boss and you are not my employees. And I got raised eyebrows and some of them very confused. And I said, we are just one big happy family. So I wanted to go home and think about that and come back tomorrow with at least one idea on how we would be relating to each other. What would this place look like if we were one big happy family? Over the next eight months, we created this home away from home. One of the ideas that came up was you could not leave to go home without doing a random act of kindness for at least one person at our workplace. Our mantra was, most people think inside the square, few people think outside the square, but we at Luggage Direct think like there's no square. <laughs> and so we used to just, all ideas, and that was that was the mantra so that everyone could feel comfortable that they could contribute via any ideas, doesn't matter how random they thought it was, how crazy they thought it was, they could say it and it would be acknowledged. Like one of the ideas that came up was to have the phone would ring every now and then for phone orders. And so we decided that every time the phone rings, we've got to stop whatever you're doing, 
wherever you are, whether you're opening a box at the warehouse, whether you're typing in stuff on your account's computer, whether you're selling to a to a customer, whether you're at the till, you had to stop if you heard the phone ring and you had to take two deep breaths and come back to the moment. And then our lunchroom was like a heaven. <laughs> it was, um, there was candles, there was a self-development library. There was <laughs> a, a, we bought in a massage chair. No, none of our breaks were regulated. Like everybody had a half hour break, but nobody was timed. You could take however long you needed to take to recuperate. If you felt you had a bad day the previous day and you wanted to have a little nap, you could go in and have a little nap. Then we had, um, you know how you do your performance reviews where people, as, a, as an employee you're reviewed by your boss? You yeah. all had that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we took that out completely and we would sit in a circle once a month and we would review ourselves and nobody could see what you, so why would you fool yourself? So we had our, each of us had our own books and every month we would sit down and review what we thought we did that could have done, been done better. And then the next month we would, and we'd set ourselves some goals and you didn't have to show your book to anyone. We are, you are your biggest critic, you know. So there was no, we took the hierarchy out and we made it into a community, into a circle. I didn't know I was creating community. And so as a result of that, suddenly from two owners, we had 17 owners, 17 people thinking at the level of ownership. That's what happens to business. It takes care of itself. It went 60% increase in sales in six months. Unreal. And all we did was just be human with each other. That's all we did. How, how did you find ABCD after this? ABCD only um, not even a year ago. In at the Power to the People conference in Melbourne last year, Peter Kenyon did his keynote speech. And while he was speaking, I was sitting on the edge of my seat because everything he was say, saying was, oh, my God, that's that's so familiar. You know, I, that, that's exactly what I did in business. That's what I did in my last community project. And so after he finished his talk, I went straight up to him and I said, listen, I, I want to do this in our in our community in Maruka, neighborhood in Maruka. I said, how can I do this? I've decided that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Basically, that's where I learned about ABCD. And now he's coming, Peter Kenyon is coming to Brisbane on the 30th of March to actually speak. And I've roused up, I put a big thing. We've got a Facebook page here in, in our community with 2,000 residents on it. And I basically asked the question, what would you like our community, our neighborhood to look like? Um, what would you like to see happen? Will we as residents take a play an uh, active role in creating a dream suburb uh, I asked those questions and I said imagine no I don't imagine Maruka and that's the name of the project and so Peter Kenyon is coming along to do a talk and help us use ABCD and facilitate a dream suburb this is a conversation between Carolyn Vincent the community coach and Molly Sutcliffe Next, Carolyn told me about how three major events in her personal life forced her to look more closely at the connections she'd made in her local community and how she began to recognise a strength in her vulnerability. So when I separated from my husband in 2010, I was suddenly faced with a whole bunch of challenges, as you would imagine, with a divorce and three kids and whatever else after a 22-year marriage. And I come from an extremely solid background community. I grew up in a neighborhood which everyone knew everyone, and like seriously, 
everyone knew everyone some more than others you know some people more than us but you could look around and you knew whose was whose grandfather and mother and son and daughter everyone and i don't remember any um incidences of loneliness and depression and suicide i i cannot remember but i do remember a community event every saturday and sunday every weekend there was a community event event where people got together and so there was this organic web of support that was being created as a result of these community events which we were all involved in even as kids we were asked to be involved in the organizing so from 10 11 year olds to young adults to elderly to our parents were all involved in the running of these activities and as a result there were these intergenerational connections that were being formed which was a natural web of support therefore we didn't have all the issues that we face in society today and this is going back 35 years so i separated from my husband in 2010 and i suddenly looked around and i had let myself get completely isolated because i was running this big business i had three kids i have no extended family i didn't even know a neighbor on this side or a neighbor on this side and i was so confronted because i'm thinking what have i done i've been in india i've come from this super supported neighborhood and community i come here i yes i've made a lot of money in business but i don't know anyone around me now because i've left the business my staff none of them are there now but my staff at that time were in the business i we separated right so i knew people but i didn't know people at an authentic level over the many years and so what i did i went on this binge of trying to connect with people and build a support network for myself and so i hosted gatherings in my home and i joined other communities and then after 3 years of doing that i i knew about 200 people but i still didn't feel supported molly and that was because i had not made myself vulnerable with people and that was one of the biggest biggest lessons of my life till today of not being authentic not sharing myself from that place of authenticity and so i decided i know all these people in that group and that group and that group but what if i created a neighborhood like the one we had in india and that's where it started i went door knocking on a hundred doors in Wollongaba and I made myself vulnerable. I said, I have no support. I come from this strong neighborhood in India um, and I don't know what to do. What do you think of building a strong connected neighborhood? We had 52 residents that came to our first meeting. That's like huge numbers. And it came from me making myself vulnerable, I reckon. And I, last year I moved over here to, to Maruka and i just started again i started taking my dog for a walk i said if i did it there i can do it here <laughs> so i just having conversations with people as i was taking my dog for a walk i would just say to them you know i, I want to know more people in this neighborhood because i'm new here what do you think we have a picnic do you would you come and bingo now we we have regular four four times a year we have picnics but then i recently started another project called turn off the television and turn on the neighborhood and that's come from another incident again i don't know whether you heard of an indian bus driver that was killed uh, tragically uh, it happened like 500 meters up the road from me over here uh, a, a guy went and poured acid on him as he stepped on the bus on the bus driver and set him alight and he was killed in like 1 minute he was gone and after just allowing myself to cry and be with the grief and the sadness that was coming up i remembered my dad who was 
also a very died a very lonely man because he was in the army, and he, um, he never really shared himself authentically with anyone. And I had this conversation with him on his deathbed, and he said to me, "I'm about to die, and I haven't shared myself up with anyone." And he was angry, and he was just a mess. And as I was holding him, I got in that moment that I had done pretty much the same thing. That's why I wasn't feeling supported. The fellow that actually did the crime got a small mention that he was mentally unwell. It wasn't racist. It wasn't terrorist. It was he was just mentally unstable. And I'm thinking about him, and I'm thinking, what must have been going through the guy's head for him to do something as crazy as that? You know, my reasoning was perhaps at some time in his life he was felt alone and lonely and didn't know who to talk to, I, I think it all stems from social isolation, every issue we have in the world, everything, literally. So I'm having this shan and thinking of this guy and I'm thinking of my dad. And my dad used to say to my mom, turn off that damn television, Celia, because it kills all communication. My mom used to be glued to her TV. And so I, his words rang in my ears, turn off that television. And I said, turn on the neighborhood. And so I went to the community grapevine our Facebook page, and I posted this idea. I said, what if every Sunday at five o'clock in the evening, we came out of our homes onto our front curbs and met other residents? Because my again, that vision came from India where every evening we would walk our streets in our suburb and meet. And so I said, what if every Sunday between five and six, we came out of our homes onto our front curbs, not in the backyard, not where we can't be seen outside. And we chatted with people just one hour. Turn off your television and turn on the neighborhood. Today, it is a flying project. Like, I'm on fire with it. <laughs> and as a result of people connecting, there are lots of little community projects that are popping up because that's what happens when people t- start talking. What a great project. Turn the TV off, turn the community on. I wanted to know what was the next step for this incredible community project. So I got interviewed on the radio on 612 ABC radio. This was like two days after, three, a few days after the incident when I put, somebody saw the post and then there was a thing in the local papers and now we've applied for government funding. New Zealand wants to do the project as well, one of the suburbs and neighborhoods in New Zealand, our neighboring suburbs, so we want to take it national now. Imagine every Sunday at five o'clock if everyone in Australia came out of their homes and connected with their neighbors. <laughs> It solve all the world's problems. Thank you for listening. If you want to hear more about how Carolyn is using these experiences to start up her new venture, The Community Coach, keep your ears open for the next podcast. And I'll give Carolyn the last word. I've realised that my skill is just to facilitate people coming together. And once people start talking, magic happens. <laughs>